we're asking the business to provide for our social needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs, our physical needs. We're trying to get all of Maslow's hierarchy all the way up to self-actualization through our business. And that's not the business's job. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. We're here. We're back. It's another episode of the Visionary CEO Podcast. I'm Brianne Dick. She's Jill Giovanazzo. And Jill, I have to say, the recording of this episode is really timely because I was scrolling through Facebook this morning, as one does, and I saw a post from someone talking about how they know they're working more than is probably healthy. They want to work less, and yet they have a hard time actually doing it because they love what they do, and also they kind of get a lot of dopamine hits from the work they're doing. Mm You know, if you love your work, what does it look like and what does it mean to balance that and have priorities with family and health and business and all of these things? And I just thought that was the perfect thing to read to get me into the headspace for recording this episode today. It's an interesting balance. And I I always think back to some of the conversations I've had with some of our incoming academy group when we take them through an exercise that basically has them look at how much uncontaminated time that they have mm-hmm. in their day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year. I often get the question of, I like thinking about business and I like reading business books. And what do you mean I can't do any of that? And it's like, oh, no, there's a balance here. Yeah. And there's so much that we could say about that and so much that we will say about that as we go through. But I think really you know, salient to the conversation that we've been having over the past few episodes and over this season in general is when we start to be building not just a business, but a team and a company. We've all heard this saying, culture starts at the top and people see what we're doing and that sets the expectation. And there's tons of literature about it in in traditional business and traditional management space about how if bosses are sending emails at nine o'clock at night, it sends this unspoken or sometimes spoken message that you should be checking in all that time as well. I think the conversation here isn't just about how do you do this in a way that's good for you, but how is it that when you start to honor your values and you start to want to have your team take care of themselves and really be creating a great place to work, what does that look like in terms of prioritizing the need for this balance and self-care with the need to be growing your business and creating opportunities for you and your team. And for me, this really ties into a concept that we touched on, I think it was last episode or the one before, about creating a business that can support you and your team, right? To give you that space and that opportunity to prioritize these things and have the systems and structures and, as you said, cultures in place in order that they just are. It's no longer a afterthought or a have to be reminded of. Yeah. And if nothing else, there have been a lot of lessons that have come from the past few years. We're recording this. It's early 2022 and everyone is just done 
with COVID. We're just done with it. And and I think what's interesting is that we're starting to see this perspective of what lessons have we learned? What's life going to look like? Theoretically, we're on our way out of the pandemic, right? Theoretically. And we're seeing all of this kind of reckoning that's happening in the broader workspace and in the broader economy. We're seeing big companies that failed because they couldn't adjust to the new realities. We saw small companies that failed because they didn't have enough resources to be able to transition. But we're also seeing a real pushback from workers and the workforce against these awful business practices that frankly they were never good for anyone except for making a small group of people really rich but now we're seeing that conversation has really come to a new level it's going to be fascinating seeing over the course of of this year as assuming we are transitioning out of into our new normal of the landscape that we're in it'll be really interesting to see how those voices change the industry further because there are don't get me wrong there are companies that large companies that made it through lots of them did Mm -hmm. right but i think there's going to be some major changes and possibly some large companies that aren't able to transition out of where they are now because they're just not able to recover they're not able to bring that back in in a way that's going to feel authentic to their employees i think a lot of people knew coming into 2020 that their business was demanding way too much of themselves, right? That it wasn't sustainable as it was. What the pandemic did for a lot of people is it sharpened that, right? And it really brought that to the fore. And so that's what the guests from the round table were really talking about in their experience was what was brought up for them and how do they navigate this tension between, I need to take care of myself, I need to model good behaviors for my team, and I still have a business to run. It's so f- interesting to listen to these voices. Like, for example, Tyler, so many of us would have flocked or had flocked to social media for fellowship and fun during the pandemic. Professionals like Tyler McCall of the online business owner.com, were st- he was still experiencing burnout, even though doing that, he was it was still there, something he was still trying. So he actually resorted to some drastic measures to get himself through experiencing severe burnout this year and just having to in 2021 and just having to shut everything off in my business so I could take time to rest and and heal and moving forward it's ensuring that I don't end up in that same position again so instead of trying to build my life around my business I'm trying to build my business around my life and approaching it in that direction, which may mean not accomplishing, quote unquote, as much as I would have in the past. It may mean not making as much money as I would have in the past. It may mean, I'm not saying all these things are true, but it just could mean that's how my business looks and how my business feels moving forward. It may mean that I don't have as big of a business or as big of a team or things like that as I may have thought I would have before. But as long as I'm prioritizing my my personal, my lifestyle goals, my health, my well-being, that's the number one thing. And then making the business fit in what space is left after that is my main focus. Yeah. Like how many experts have you heard, even still now, right, that have said, put the needs of the business center and in focus and make whatever sacrifices you need to do for it to survive and thrive? 
just get through the hard part and it'll get better. And that doesn't work. Sorry. No, no. I know it's so easy for us to get into a place where we end up looking at our business as the source to get all of our needs met. You talked about it in introducing Tyler, right? Social media was a place to do business. It was a place to be social. It was a place to hang out. It became all of those things. And as we started using social media more for business, we started saying that having fun and meeting people and getting connection was always done through the lens of business, right? So the business started to be the way Especially, you know, if you weren't able to go and socialize with people in person and you were really just looking at Zoom calls and clients and team members and that kind of thing. Again, it's not that those things didn't happen before the pandemic, but this created a sharpening and a focusing lens to realize we're asking the business to provide for our social needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs, our physical needs. We're trying to get all of Maslow's hierarchy all the way up to self-actualization through our business. And that's not the business's job. Even for places that had physical locations, right? That need that used to be at least maybe in business, in the business timeframe, in a physical location, face-to-face, you go for lunch with your colleagues, whatever, that was there. But again, transition that to this online space. It changes things entirely. Tyler talked a little bit about this one aspect as well in the sense of, he, he was talking about it in the converse as the change that he's made. Think prioritizing his personal, his lifestyle goals, his health. That means that previously he hadn't been prioritizing that, right? He had been prioritizing his business. He had been prioritizing the, the work aspect, doing extra hours in order to get clients in the door, get clients, the revenue coming in, that kind of thing. And that kind of pressure isn't sustainable mm-hmm. in the long term when you're the one in the middle carrying all the load. That's the other side of this coin that I think really got amplified through this whole COVID situation because all of a sudden everyone was all just seeing everything come down on their shoulders. It's like, when you are the central organizing principle of the business, when the business is about you and you're at the middle of it all, then you almost have to continue to put the business at the fore. And conversely, if you don't and all of a sudden you fall apart, then where does that leave you? Erica Corday talked a lot about this, especially it was interesting because for her work, We had the pandemic, but she also, of course, is working in the diversity, equity and inclusion space. And so we have all of this conversation around social justice, people and and organizations finally starting to wake up and maybe be more interested in anti-racism work. And so all of these factors are coming to play for Erica in a situation where it'd be very easy for her to say, I need to keep putting myself as the center of the business, like I just need to keep giving of myself to the business because this work is so important. Being honest about capacity and what you need to be able to support it. Because I think that we all had a way of operating before things shifted. And post COVID and social uprising, it's very different. And so we have to be honest with ourselves about what our capacity is, what's the type of impact that we want to create, what we need for it, and being able to really strip back 
to fluff and be able to ask for and receive the help that we need. Last year was burnout. So that's a hard stop on that part for me. That was a lot of not being honest with myself about putting my own priorities first when it came to my health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And this year, I definitely came into it differently on my own as well as with the work that I do with my business partner because we knew that we didn't want to be in that place long-term. We knew that wasn't sustainable. And so this year has been really honing in on not only what are we good at, but what do we enjoy? Where do we feel as though clients are able to get results and we don't feel as though we've given more than what we had to give? And so the reality is that you can't, like you'll hear a lot of people say things like, you can't pour from an empty cup. You also can't pour from a broken cup. You you can't pour from a broken cup. I love that analogy because it's so true. And figuring out what that sustainability looks like, what that looks like to support from a capacity standpoint, from a personal standpoint, to be able to support yourself in the business is just a big thing. You know, we hear this a lot with people coming into the academy because you mentioned one of the first exercises that we have them do is the uncontaminated time exercise and figuring out how much time you're actually taking off away from the business and how much time do you want to be taking off away from the business. But one of the other exercises that we have clients do is it's from the book, The Power of Receiving by Amanda Owen. And it's uh, it's called Cinderella Goes to Rehab, which is just a great name for an exercise. The idea of the exercise is to go through and, and say, these are the things I want. This is what I want to experience. And how hard that is for many of us to be willing, especially if you're female, especially if you're from a marginalized or underrepresented group that historically has not been able to say, I want, and actually be okay saying that. It's just a really, it's a really powerful exercise to just sit down and say, these are the things I want to experience. And the trick is in business and what we see our clients coming in with is that their whole worldview has been shaped by influencers and gurus and business coaches (laughs) who are saying that, okay, you need to number one, be focusing all of your time and energy on your business and on the hustle and that kind of stuff. We talked about that before. But the other thing that they tell you is that within that, you need to spend all your time and energy just building up your sales and marketing, just bring in as much revenue as possible. And then, you know, you'll figure out how to deliver it as you go. Even if that means you end up working longer hours or outsourcing or hiring people overseas, you know, whatever it happens to be. And again, it's like this total mixed message of, okay, what are your values and what message are you sending here? Are you sending the message that it's all about money and how much I can make at Mm -hmm. the cost of not only your own wellness, but you're not even going to do right by the clients at that point. There's only so much of you to go around. And the more you push onto yourself, the more you're increasing the risk that there is going to be even less of you Mm -hmm. going forward. And so, you know, continuing to generate as much revenue as possible or start to, like many people will say, well, in that case, then just start raising your rates and it'll cut things down and it'll be more sustainable that way. I can only imagine doing that and then seeing how many people that we could actually be transforming through our work, missing out because they're not able to meet that. 
they're not at the point that they can handle two or three or four times the rate that it, from a value-based perspective, should have been in order for them to achieve the transformation that they're going for. And then you add on to that, this whole idea of figure out the, the results on the back end. I have to tell you, building the plane as you fly can be really tricky. It's a fast track to burnout, let's be honest. And, and yeah. that's why so many online business owners are struggling and were struggling before any of 2020 and 2021 happened. And then you add in how many online businesses experienced explosive growth through that time frame. And then you add in these competing factors of, but I want to be equitable, right? I want to be providing these opportunities. I don't want to be having something that's so high priced that people have to get a loan to be able to pay for it because I know that loans are disproportionately available to white cisgendered men as opposed to members of other marginalized groups, for example, right? You start to end up in this conversation of, I want to serve the people I want to serve and that I'm good at serving. I want to do it in a way that's sustainable. I want to do it in a way that's aligned with my values. And it, it all comes back to this feeling of tension, right? How can I do more for more people and still be taking care of myself and my team. Like this is why this is a culture conversation. This ties back into that adaptability that we've been discussing all season of once you have those things in place, once you've started modeling those things and you have to model it for your employees. If you're answering an email at nine o'clock at night, you have to think about what is that telling your employees about the culture of the business. Mm -hmm. And if your culture says don't work in the night, take the time off, that's family time, that's you time, whatever. And you're countering that, you're undermining the culture that you built in the business. You're taking away from its adaptability and its capability of supporting you and the rest of the team. Yeah. And I want to make it clear that this isn't something that is one and done. It sounds, oh, I just decide that I'm going to take time off, but it's, it's, a thing where you create habits in your life mm -hmm. about showing up a certain way and working a certain way. And when you have been building a business and it has been all on your back, you can know all day long that you need to model something different, but that can be hard to do. And I mean, our clients see that's why they get on calls with you, Jill, to be able to talk about that because it's not just as easy as saying, okay, I just need to take time off as Autumn Whit Boyd described when she was talking about the impact of all of this on work-life balance for her. I really care about our client work, but having more of a cultural focus on work-life balance and that in the past, I've really emphasized that for the team and not for myself, <laughs> which is not great. I was definitely in a really burned out state when I came to them. We were understaffed. I was working way too much and working with them to help rejigger that. And just Jill's kind of gentle coaching of reminding me. And we were literally tracking how many days a week was I leaving the office at six. And she threatened, she kept threatening to call my husband <laughs> and, and get him involved if I wasn't sticking to it. Yeah, exactly. Jill's really good at threatening to call spouses or husbands. I don't think you've had to yet. <laughs> I haven't had to yet. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I did actually have someone that their spouse was passing by and I was commenting on that and they're like, well, he's passing by right now. I'm like, okay, bring him in, have him <laughs> listen to this because we're going to get some directions here. 
It worked really well. I, I seem but to recall you know, the following week when we checked back in, we actually did hear that, yes, the, was it, it was the husband, right? The husband was had the husband. been actively making sure that they finished work on time as per your instructions. <laughs> yeah, which is perfect. I love it. There's two different things that we're fighting against when we're looking at our own habits around the kind of work effort that we're putting in. Number one, right? The, all of the gurus, all of the advice out there, grow your company as fast as possible, as big as possible, do whatever it takes, all of those kinds of things. But number two, at an even more foundational level, is actually how we're brought into the workforce in the first place. When we're teenagers and we're just getting started and we're working those retail or hospitality hourly jobs, of do all of the things. These are all the things that you have to do. You have to follow these orders. You're on the clock. You have to do your work. You have to get it done. And if you don't get it done, rawr. Yeah. It's not even just that if you don't get if you don't get all of it done. It's not even one yeah. specific thing. You just go look at the anti-work subreddit on Reddit to see <laughs> the stories and the screenshots and the text messages of what's happening. I think it's really easy to be in this online bubble and put our blinders on, right? To not be aware of what's happening. But the problem is that those messages about profitability at all costs, grow your business as fast as possible, grow your business as big as possible. When you really look at where those messages are coming from, you have to look and say, who is actually being advantaged by this, right? Do a root cause, like not just the person who's telling it to you, and they may not even be telling it to you overtly. Like it might just be between the lines. Mm -hmm. Where did they hear it from? 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 And what you realize is that the message that we're hearing, even within our online business bubble, about how we should be working, how much we should be putting in, about what this whole trade-off situation looks like between growing the business and having a life, it comes from the same mentality and the same messages as the people who are trying to get people to come in for a shift with five minutes notice, right? Like. Mm -hmm. It all comes from the same root. We're all drinking from the same poisoned water source. Yeah. It's just coming to us and showing up in a different form than it is in these other industries. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to recognize that. It's hard to acknowledge that. Because it's, as you said, it's so fundamental and it's something that we're taught. We're even just taught this from our parents, yeah, from our friends, our families, our aunts, nieces, cousins. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. And because it's such a fundamental experience to everyone, for me, that's one of the biggest reasons to put in the effort to make the change. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it really has to start with figuring out what do you want? In some ways, I kind of laugh at hearing that advice because it's so easy to go into the whole lifestyle business versus build your company at all costs kind of conversation. We talked about that in season three and how this whole lifestyle business versus scalable company thing is there's a myth in there, right? About how these things are in tension with each other. But that's what the online business world loves to do. 
It loves to polarize and create false opposites. It's like the opposite of a false equivalency. It's like a false opposite. (laughs) There's probably an actual term for that that's not coming to my mind right now. But it's like you set up, you can either have a lifestyle business or you can have a business that scales and grows. And actually, the real answer is, no, you need to figure out what you want and then start designing the sustainable business that creates that because you can be sustainable with a small team like what Tyler's talking about stripping back the team he's really taking his business back to basics that can be sustainable autumn on the other hand is growing differently right she's really investing in team she's really investing in putting an amazing team together and there's this whole spectrum it can all be sustainable but we need to first decide consciously that I want a sustainable business, a sustainable culture, sustainable model, sustainable operations. I want sustainability baked into my business because that's what I value and use that to start making the decisions, not hoping that we get there by accident as a result. Exactly. And then taking that and transitioning that into how can you make sure that you are achieving that is one thing to decide that's what you want, but you need to then actually take the steps to make sure that's what you're getting in the end result. Because if you don't keep an eye on it, you'll Mm -hmm. default back to what you grew up with, what you learned, what we all learned. If you make that conscious choice of creating a business that supports a lifestyle allowing you for a certain amount of uncontaminated days or vacation time alongside profits and prospects and all of those revenue-based goals, then track that. Yeah, Make sure you're actually taking steps towards that because if you're not, then you again are not acting in alignment with the culture that you're trying to create. Yeah. And this morning, literally, I was looking in Slack with some of the conversations. I I was going to bring that one up. Yeah. (laughs) There's a client who was talking about that. And it was a situation where she was taking as a win that one of her team members was going on vacation and hadn't quite finished something she was working on. And because this business owner had been able to model this and was in integrity with it, she could say, hey, now remember how... I didn't work when I was taking time off. That's the expectation here. You don't work when you're taking time off. And then the whole rest of the team. Yeah. To say, go take the time. We'll figure it out. And they all helped to actually get the work done. It was awesome to hear about. And I can just imagine being awesome to see as well. And so, you know, really tracking that information, you can do it on the business side, right? If you have KPIs and metrics, even if you don't, that's a great KPI to set for yourself Mm -hmm. is how much am I working and how much is my team working? Not from Mm -hmm. a like, oh, are they working enough? But actually, are they taking enough time off? Are they working at at all hours? And just tracking that just like you would track profit, just like you would track people in your funnel, just like you would track sales, track your commitment to expressing your values for things like time off. And then on the personal side, are you saying yes when people are asking you to hang out? Are you able to actually show up and be present with your family for the weekend? What does that look like for you in your life? How are you able to respond when opportunities arise outside of work? Because that for me is the key of when you know you've got this is when Mm -hmm. there's something you want to do. And you can do it and not feel like you can't because your business says you can't. Exactly. 
Exactly. So go ahead, give that a try. Start looking at those numbers, start looking at how that is showing up. And if you haven't made that conscious choice of what that looks like for you and for your business, go think about it. Go do go to Cinderella's rehab, just like she did, and make that conscious choice. Decide what you want, what that looks like, and then let us know, right? Send us a message on Facebook, on Instagram. Tell us what that looks like because it's one thing to know it for yourself. It's another thing to express it outwardly. And if we can help with that in any way, of course, that's what we're here for. That's what the Academy is all about, is helping you build the business and structure your business in such a way that you can take that time off, not only for yourself, but for the benefit of your team as well. And then next time we're going to look at this culture conversation through yet another lens and look at how do your values show up and translate to the value that your clients get when they're working with you. So how does it actually show up, not just inside your team, but inside of what your customers and clients and audience experience? Yeah, looking at how that impact transitions through the business is always fun. That's everything for today. As always, we appreciate you being here and listening to us. From the unceded territory of the Qualcomm First Nations, I'm Jill Giovanazzo, and thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Visionary CEO Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, hosted and produced by Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag Visionary CEO Podcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey, it's Brianne here. I just wanted to let you know that everything we're talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with clients at the Visionary CEO Academy. We've got a great program for strategists, coaches, and other online business owners that helps you scale from low or mid six figures to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, while keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more info and to get started.